Christmas. How's everybody? Who still has some shopping to do? Who still plans on going out Christmas Eve and going shopping? That's why we connect so well, Dennis. I will, uh, I will see you out there. I learned something very valuable over the years. If you go right as the stores are opening on Christmas Eve, they're not as busy. The parking, you got to get there like right before. You can't diddle daddle around. So if you need any last minute, sh- there's your last minute shopping tip. Find out when the stores are open, show up. And if you find out where all, a lot of the stores you want to go to are in one location, like go there so you're not driving around. Just a couple Christmas Eve tips for you. It's all good. Um. You, I, we can leave my house. Um, the gym opens at 8, so I'm going to go work out, and then we can go after that. Because most stores don't open till 10. I've already done my recon, and we're good. Do you, any stores wrap gifts? Do you have to ask? What's that little? Sweet. If she could be at my house, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Oh, are the kids in here? Sweet. All right, so we bought the kids an air hockey table. And as I'm loading this air hockey table on the cart, somebody um, goes, oh, that is a waste of money. He He goes, that'll just be a laundry thing. I'm like, dude, get away from me. You're ruining my Christmas. Go, 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 whatever. Anyway. I just smiled. I didn't really say that. Just to be clear, I didn't say, like, sometimes you think things that you want to say, and then you don't say them, and so those are things that um, just come out of my head that don't come out of my mouth. Um, God, God has blessed me with somewhat of a filter. So we're in this series called A Simple Christmas, and um, it's very interesting how when you have an idea about how you want something to go down or how you want something to be, and and you're just going to kind of take it easier or not make things as complicated, and yet there's so many things that that complicate things, and whether it's family or whether it's things out of your control or whatever it is, but it seems like the more you you strive for like a simple thing or whatever you strive to make things less complicated, uh, there's always something that gets thrown in the wrench or thrown in the uh, wrench that gets thrown into it, and, and, and it complicates things. Um, but for the most part, I, I think this Christmas season, Julie and I have tried our best to keep things very simple, and it's been very, it's been very relaxing, um, not overthinking things, not overdoing things, just kind of enjoying things, taking things by the moment, hanging out with friends, doing those types of things, and then even even in the midst of it, just saying no to certain things, like when things get are too much, there's no, it's okay to say, you know what, uh, we're, we don't want to do that. And to say no. And so in this particular season, it's interesting because this week after the Christmas Eve service, Julie, I was had planned on working the rest of the week um, and, and um, seeing clients. And finally, Julie looked at me and says, you know what, just take it off and just spend some time with the family. And so that, that's a piece that's um, been, been very refreshing to, to say, you know what, we're just going to chill and hang out with the family. And so I'm um, looking forward to that. But in this particular season, uh, or in this message today, I want to look at two separate people that God invited into the Christmas story. Two separate groups of people that God invited into the Christmas story. 
And over the past couple weeks, we've been, we looked at a promise that was made to a, a shepherd. And out from this shepherd, from David, his line would produce the Son of God. Uh, so we looked at that and at that promise, a simple promise to a shepherd and how we now have a Savior because of it. And then we looked at uh, the influence, the people that God chose to be very influential in Jesus' life here on earth. And it was his um, mother Mary and then his fa- earthly father Joseph. And how the significance of our influence and how we need to utilize our influence and those God has put in our lives to, to bring about influence as well. And then last week we looked at unlikely places. And a lot of times how we find ourselves in unlikely places and the one thing in the unlikely places are those places we don't really want to go or those places we really don't think we'll ever land land at, but those are the places that God has us there or that he's called us to. And in those places is where he meets us. And today we look at who God invited into this Christmas story. And so I'm excited for today because I think it opened my eyes to a few things about as I studied and as I, I, I prayed over this message for today. Um, so with that, I'm going to start with one group uh, that, that we're going to re- learn about today. And so, Rob, I'm going to have you read um, from Luke for me, please. So today we're going to look at not only the shepherd, but there's another group that we're going to look at today. So Jason, will you read um, Matthew 2, 1 to 12? In Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and we have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all of Jerusalem with him. And assembling all of the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where Christ was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, and by no means the least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word, that I too may come and worship him. 
After listening to the king, they went on their way, and behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening the treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. Thank you, God. So we get to look at two separate groups of people today. We're going to look at the shepherds. We're going to look at the wise men. And in this piece, we're going to see how God invited these people through different ways into his story, into the story of salvation, into the story, the beginning of his son's earthly earthly ministry, and into the, the life of Jesus And what's interesting is there's an invite for all of us. There's an invite that God has put out for all of us. Everyone who's in this room and everyone that we come across to or come across in our world, there's an invite to join God's story of what he wants to do on this earth and what he wants to do for his kingdom. And what we what happens is this is there's a lot of times when we're living and we're we're going about doing things and we're going about experiencing life that we come across times and seasons where we um, feel lonely. And when we feel lonely and we feel separated, we feel isolated. There's a piece of us that we simply want an invite into something. We want an invite into somebody's life. We want an invite into a group. We want to be a part of something. That place of loneliness, that place of isolation, that place where we sit and we feel all alone is the very place that God wants to meet us. And he says, I want to bring you out of that. And I want to bring you into a relationship with me. And better yet, uh, not only just a, a relationship with me, but I want to do something different with your life. And I want to invite you into this story so that my kingdom grows and so that I am glorified in all of it. And so we see the invite, the two separate invites that took place. One was very dramatic. Can you imagine sitting or sitting there doing your job? And so say you're, you're a farmer or say you're a shepherd and you're out in the fields and you're chilling and you're watching the sheep and you're chucking some stones at some uh, pre- uh, predators and they're coming around trying to eat your sheep. And so you're chucking. All of a sudden, the light appears. And these angels start singing. And so the next thing you know, you know, you, you got to say, excuse me, I need to use the restroom. I'll be right back. And so in this piece, because it says what, I mean, they just, it like hit them. Because I don't think we quite grasp this idea how God invited them into the story. It wasn't this simple invitation written on a, on a, a tablet or anything like that. Or, or, or something just by, hey, buddy, why don't you come join us? No, this was, he sent angels down to proclaim the birth of his son. And he did it in such a way that they could not miss what was happening. They did it in such a way that it grabbed their attention. And so in this particular piece, we see that the, the angels came down. And, they, and in, in this piece, they, they, they invited the shepherds to come and see the birth of God's son. Not only that, we, with, with that, we see the wise men. A little bit less complicated, a little bit less dramatic. But in this piece, see, in, the, in that day, wise men who, and let's be honest, these were guys that were searching People that were searching for something. They were searching for the next great thing. And so they studied astronomy. They studied all these different things in search of what was next, of search in search of what that great thing was in the, in the heavens. That any time a king was born that it was of worth, a star would appear in the, in the heavens. 
And so they would go around in search of what this star meant. And so this star appeared, and these wise men went in search of something. They went in search of a king. Now, do I think they knew that it was going to be the Savior? Do I think they knew that it was going to be the one that was came to save and bring salvation? I don't think so. I just think they were searching. They were searching for something to change their life. If you look in our society today, we have two, two, two separate groups of people, if we want to categorize. We have those that they just go about doing their job, doing their everyday deal, uh, pouring into life, making sure they do a good job, and, and, and that's it. They're very content keeping things simple, much like our shepherds. They go and they just do life. They do their job. They do what they're supposed to do, and they're good. Then we have a group of people in our society that are searching. They're searching for the next great thing. They're searching for something else that they do not have at the moment. They're searching for answers to questions they have. They are in, and, and, and they are, are pursuing something that will help change their life. And in this story, we see how God invited both those two individuals, types of people, into his story and out of it. You know what happens? They get an encounter with their Savior, and they leave rejoicing, both of them. They leave with their lives changed. We live in a world of people that regardless of where, what they're doing or where they're going or what they're searching for or how content they are, they're in need of a life change. There we in this room whether we're content with where we're at in life or whether we're searching for something else, we are in need of a relationship with a Savior. And God answers that in this story. And he's got a simple invite for all of us to join. And in this passage, we see a couple things. The invite to be a part of God's story. He used angels and he used a star. He invited shepherds. Who were, who were doing their job, and he invited wise men who were searching. So in our searching, if we're ones that... If we're ones that are sitting here and we're wondering what that has to do with us, here's my encouragement to you today. That in, our, in God's story, in his ultimate story of how he's bringing about his kingdom and how he's, he's building his kingdom and how he brought his son into the world to save, the, 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 to save us from our sin. That there he has provided an invite for us to be a part of it. In Mark chapter 1 verse 17 it says this. And this is right when Jesus was starting his ministry. He went and he found his disciples and he, and he says this. And Jesus said to them, follow me. And I will become, and I will, and you will become fishers of men. Not, not, not only this passage, but the one in John eight twelve. He says this, and this is right after the the adulterous woman episode that took place in John eight. And it reads this again. Jesus spoke to them, and he spoke to a group of people, and he says this. And in this group of people, I have to believe that there are ones that are very content in life, and then there's the ones that are searching for something different, for something more. And in John 8, 12, it reads this again. Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. 
And whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Jesus has an invite for all of us. God has an invite for all of us, for us to be a part of his story. And it's our response that that, that matters. It comes down to how we respond to that invite. What will we do? Will we follow? Will we follow him? Or will we choose to keep searching for something else? Or will we simply just live content, saying, I'm all right. Life's not too bad. Life's not too good. But I'm good. I see God has something more. He has a life for us. And in his story, he leads us to a place where we go around rejoicing with great joy. How many of y'all know somebody grumpy? If you didn't raise your hand, just do this real quick. If you don't know somebody, just just kind of say, "Oh, that's me." Do you know? Do you know that if you look around and if you pay attention in our world today, there's a lot of people that walk around miserable. They walk around angry. They walk around um, just not settled. And I sat with somebody this week, and it was very interesting to me. I sat with somebody this week. And it was, a, it was a guy who, he's looking to get engaged, and, and we were chatting, and we we're having this conversation, and he, and he made this comment to me, and he goes, if my fiance's not happy, how am I supposed to be happy? And I just sat there, and I said, well, finish the statement for me, and you guys can do this for me, ready? A happy wife is a happy, let's all say this together. That is a lie. That is a myth. But in our society, I know all you women are getting angry at me right now. But I, I need you guys to hear something. We, we have bought into this. We have bought into this myth, this lie, that my happiness, my joy is dependent on somebody, somebody else. shepherds and wise men who were invited to be a part of God's story found joy when they met Jesus. They went away rejoicing with great joy because they found Jesus. Our joy is dependent on Jesus and Jesus alone. And so, so this, this myth, now listen guys, I'm not giving you permission to go home and look at your wife and say, you know what, Chad just said I don't have to do anything to help you out. And Chad just told me today that I could care less about your happiness. So I just want to be clear on this, because I know some of you will go home and you'll be like, look, I don't, who cares how, what mood you're in? Um, we are called to love our wives. We are not called we are not called to make them happy. That's not our job. We are called to love them. So in this, when we look at how God has invited us into this story, my question on this is 
as we met Jesus, and when we, knowing that we have Jesus and we have met him, do we get a great sense of joy out of it? Because maybe part of our problem is, is we're looking to find joy and searching to find joy and happiness in so many other places that are meaningless when our joy comes from the one who was sent and came and gave his life for us and died on the cross and rose again. And out of that, our joy is lost. And there's an invite for all of us in Jesus. The second piece of this is if we notice, if we look at the shepherds and what they encountered and we look at what took place with the shepherds is what happened when the angels appeared. What does Scripture tell us? The angels were what? Y'all can participate today. What were they? Someone said afraid. Thank you, Chris. They were afraid. Anybody deal with fear here? Anybody have moments of fear? Yep. That you know that piece where you're getting the you're walking into something new, or you're walking into something you're not familiar with, or you're walking into a tough conversation, or you're walking into an unknown, or you're walking into something you're not comfortable with, and and then all of a sudden what happens? That that anxiety rises up, the fear sets in. And the other piece to this is sometimes we're just afraid that things are just going to fall, just going to fall out from underneath us, and we may lose something. We may um, just and it just takes us into a very dark place. And here's what I love about this story with the shepherds. Is they were in the fields at night, which means it was what? Darkness. And God came in with angels that, show, that when they appeared, a bright light appeared with them. And it lit up the sky. And out of this dark place where they were doing their job and out of this dark place, they, there appeared angels that they saw and they heard. And in this particular place of darkness, fear had gripped, uh, gripped them and taken a hold of them. And out of this, God has a solution. And so as we sit in dark places, as we sit in fear of the unknown of what's next, as we sit in fear of conflict or fear of what could be or fear of whatever it is, I I, I promise you this, that God has a solution for that fear. He has a solution for the fear that we deal with. John 14, 26 to 27 says this. John 14, 26 to 27. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to you remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. See, when we join God in his story, and we get that joy from him, his solution to our fear is a peace that surpasses all understanding. His his solution to our fear is, is a promise that says, I'm going to leave someone with you, a helper, the Holy Spirit, who when we give our lives to Christ, He dwells within our heart. And so when we face those fear moments, when we face those high anxiety moments, when we face those moments that we don't want to be in, those dark moments, He has given us a helper to deal with those moments in those places. 
one thing I love teaching our kids. And I think we could grasp this too. Little Jocelyn up here. You understand? So can I, I'm going to share this. So Chad, Chad's with my, uh, with, with granddaddy and grandmommy up there in Cleveland to see a cute Cleveland's game, Cavs game. And we didn't know that he had volunteered to do a solo. And so my favorite, Josh's in his room this week goes, I got this, Dad. Don't worry about it. He goes, I'm made for this. And then I'm like, dude, you're cocky. So, and I'm like, I love it. Keep it up. Anyway, um, he, I'm sitting there. I'm watching him. And, and, I'm, and, and you know your kids' tendencies when they get, when they get nervous. And, you, and I saw him up here, and he's got his hands in his pockets, and he's doing that. I'm like, oh, he's nervous. I hope he doesn't look at me. Like, I hope he doesn't look at Miss Jasmine and think I'm kidding. One of the things we teach our kids is to rely on Jesus. When they're laying in bed at night and they're fearful, we tell them, have you prayed to Jesus to calm you? Have you prayed to Jesus to bring about a peace? When they have nightmares and get up in the middle of the night, we tell our kids, okay, when you get up and you're afraid, do you pray to Jesus to calm your heart? Here's my question, guys. When you're in those moments of dark places, do you simply call out to your Savior, Jesus, to bring about a calming and a peace? That only he can bring. Because when you rely on him and you rely on what he brings to us, he has a solution for our pain. I have one of the most difficult clients that I've ever had in my life right now. Where every session ends in a cussing fest storm out and a urine conference and everyone I walk into I'm asking Jesus to keep me calm and you know what he does he gives me peace that's real this helper the Holy Spirit I will truly believe that one of the reasons why we don't get that peace and we don't get that joy is because he never asks for it. We just sit there in our dark moments and we sit there in these places. And then when we ask for it, we're not ready to receive it. Because when we ask and we're ready to receive, he gives. So he has a solution for our pain. The last piece of this is we look at the wise men. And this is probably the piece that hit me the most um, as I studied for this. Is we, we, we see a group of people, a group of, let's just be honest. You want to know what these wise men are? They're pagans. They're pagans. They're out trying to worship anything and everything that will give, bring about a solution to their problems or their questions. Give them an answer for whatever it is they're searching for. And they're complete pagans. And what amazes me in this story is that God chooses to invite even the pagans in here. The ones that don't even know him or about him just know that there's something more out there 
and he's choosing to invite them into his family. And in this, whether you're the the greatest pagan of them all, or whether you know that person, or you're in here and you're searching for the solution to the answer, or the answer to the, the issue that you're dealing with right now, God provides an answer for our soul. In Acts 17, 23 to 28, it reads this. Acts 17, 23 to 28. It says, for as I passed along, and this is Paul, to give you an idea of what's going on. And, and this is Paul. He says, for as I passed along and observed the objects of your worship. Do you know that we worship things because we're searching for something to bring relief or we're searching for something to bring us something that we don't have? And so whether we worship money or or material things, we're trying to get that to fill some void in our lives. And people are trying to get that to fill some void in their lives. So they're they're looking for this. And so in this particular town, a city, they had these objects of worship that that were laid out all over the place. And Paul says, for as I passed along and observed the objects of your worship, I found also an altar with this inscription to the unknown God. And in this particular piece, here's what I want you guys to understand, is that they wanted to cover their bases. They wanted to make sure that if there was a God out there they didn't know about, that they had something they could worship. They were just filling the gap to make sure, I don't want to miss anything, so we're just going to say to the unknown God. And we do this. We put time, energy, resources into things that, that don't matter. I, I, I'm guilty of this. I get caught up in things like this. But in this, it says this, to the unknown God, what therefore you worship as unknown, this I proclaim to you. In other words, Paul's saying this, that thing you're searching for, that thing you don't know about, that thing you're trying to get or obtain that will change your life, let me tell you about them. I'm going to give you the answer to your solution. That star wise man you're following, that piece you're in search of, of that king, that, that one that, that you're going after, I have, a, I have an answer to, I have a solution to what you're searching for. I have an answer for what you're searching for. The question is, will you walk far enough? Will you go far enough to find it? Will you do what it takes to encounter what I have for you? <clears throat> he goes on. The God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by man, nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling places, that they should seek God and perhaps feel their their way toward Him and find Him. Yet actually He is not far from each one of us. For in Him we live and move and have our being. And even some of your own poets have said, for we are indeed His offspring very thing we search for. We search for so much. The answers to our problems, the solution to our issues, that thing that's going to turn our life right. 
We think if we get the right job, if we get the right spouse, if we if our spouse actually changes, if our spouse does things different, if 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 my kids would change the way they do things, if if my house would stop leaking, if if I could get a new car, if I could we could go down the list of things we're trying to find out whether it will change our lives. And the reality of it is is we already have he already lived and he already died and he already rose again and his name is Jesus and in him he brings life and in him he brings freedom and so as we search for all this other stuff today I have an an answer for you stop searching because his name is Jesus and he was born for us gave his life for us and all we need to do is respond in obedience to his invitation and out of that we will see God's story lived out in our lives in an amazing way and we'll walk away from it with great freedom let's pray Father God we love you we praise you we thank you Lord that in your story that you created in the story that you're writing that how that story began with David and and, and, and way before him but this particular story of your son coming to life and coming into this world it started with a promise to a, a shepherd boy and as you chose his parents earthly parents and as as you chose the places that he would come from and as you authored and wrote all of this Lord you chose people that were content in life and those that are searching and Lord how that describes most of us. Lord, that there's something more and then there's answers to the questions that we have. And as simple as it is, Lord, the answer is Jesus. And we give you praise for that. And so, Father, if there's one in here today that doesn't know you and that hasn't given their life to you, Lord, I'd simply pray that right now they would simply lift up their voice to you and invite you into their life and that they would say, Jesus, be Lord of my life. Forgive me of my sins. Give me new life. And as they do that, Lord, may they receive the gift of the Holy Spirit that dwells For those of us in here that have given our lives to you but have gotten off track, Lord, I pray, Father, that we would realize that you have not, you're not done with the story. That you invited us into that story for a reason. That everything we've experienced from the time we were born to the time we gave our life to you to all the time after that, Lord, you're not done with our story and you continue to write it because it's all about your story. And so, Lord, maybe we just need to realize that you gave us an answer and we need to accept that. That you gave us a solution and we just simply need to trust. And maybe, just maybe, Father, the simple answer to that is we need to simply call out to your Son in those dark places, knowing that you'll meet us and knowing that you'll change our lives when we do. So help us to receive what you have for us.
Thank you for loving us. Thank you for your son, Jesus. And thank you for inviting us into your story. We ask all this in Christ's name. Amen. If you're one that said, you know what, I want Jesus in my life. Would you, on your card, would you just write that on your card, saying, I gave my life to Jesus today, and put it in the offering bin, or you can come up and give it to me, and I'll, we'll follow up with you. If you're one of those in the dark places, and you're content, or you're even searching, and you just need prayer over depending on Jesus, take that card out and write it. I need help. I want to depend on my Savior more. Let us pray together. Another way you could respond is Joyce and Phil will be over here to pray with you. Um, I'm always up here too as well. If you want to come over and pray, if you want me to pray with you, I'm happy to do that. Um, I'll make sure I turn my mic off um, so we'll be good there. Um, but they'll be over there to pray with the communion. In Isaiah 53, 5, it says this. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities and upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds we are healed. As you take communion, you look at that, that bread. Look and see all those different things. The, the pierced holes, the, the stripes that are there, the bruised edges, the burnt edges that represent what Jesus' body meant for us. And so as you take communion, remember the body that was given and the blood that was shed for us. Another way you can uh, respond today is through giving. Give as God has given to you. We at White Point believe that God's generous with us, so we are generous back and giving a portion of what He's given us to us back to Him. So you can respond in that way. Lastly, you can stand and sing. You can stand and sing this song with us and give praise to a God that loves us and never leaves us. You respond how God. Leads.